Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 326 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about when the shoulder apprehension test doesn't cause apprehension. We'll talk about how to perform the apprehension and relocation test. We'll talk about what is considered a positive test, and we're also going to discuss what it means when the test does not cause apprehension, but pain, and so much more. So if you don't mind holding for a bit, we're going to jump right into our program, but I do have to mention, it has been crazy lately. I'm super busy with my work, with podcasting, YouTubing, and whatnot, and on top of that, we are right in the middle of uh, working on our online blood flow restriction training course, which is going to be awesome for all those of you who have wanted to come to our courses but have not been able to do it live or maybe don't have access or don't live close by, you are going to be able to have that opportunity really soon to take this course online, and it's going to be super comprehensive going from the history of BFR, where it came from, how we utilize it. There's going to be practical application. We're going to be talking about all the different types of devices out there. It's a very non-biased course. So you're going to get a lot of you know, muscle physiology, also going to be talking about BFR physiology, um, and it'll be a nice loaded course. You're going to get everything you want out of it. Um, so that will be coming soon. So stay tuned. So I know I've discussed the apprehension test and relocation test and shoulder release test before. Um, What I want to do today is add a little pearl to these tests when you're doing them. So the first thing I want to mention is when you do a special test, which oftentimes is just a selective tissue tension test, right? Just it has a name to it. Um, When you do this test, um, just make sure that you don't just do the test and get an answer to the test that you just did. Okay, I want you to think about what is happening when you are doing that test. All right. So if we're doing the apprehension test, let's say the patient is the laying on their back, um, the shoulder is abducted to 90 degrees, the elbows at 90 degrees, and you're slowly externally rotating that arm back kind of into the pitcher's position. That humeral head starts to rotate in the glenoid, right? It spins, actually. Um, And then we have this shortening of the external rotators on the backside of the shoulder. And we start to develop this stretching of the internal rotators, like the subscapularis, pec major, lats, teres major. Um, They're all being stretched. As they're being stretched, they're kind of holding that humeral head in place a little bit. But also, the humeral head starts to migrate anteriorly. And as it starts to do that, the anterior glenohumeral capsule becomes taut and holds that humeral head in place, right? So if it is torn or stretched, um, or maybe you have a Bankart lesion, that humeral head is going to come right out and sublux and or dislocate anteriorly. So I want you now to think about the anatomy of that glenohumeral joint, and I want you to think about what other structures help to prevent anterior dislocation of the humeral head. Well, it certainly isn't the glenoid, because the glenoid only contacts the uh, humeral head, about 20% of it, unlike the uh, femoral acetabular joint, where you have much more contact, and that acetabular joint kind of conforms around the femoral head uh, quite a bit. So it gives it a lot more bony stability, whereas in the shoulder, you don't have that. But as that 
humerus starts to migrate anteriorly, it's going to start butting up against that anterior labrum, okay? Because remember that labrum is there to help build some conformity between the humerus and the glenoid, and it also, you know, is an abutment to each side, kind of like putting a basketball inside of a an air tube that is about the same size of it. It's got some sides to it to prevent it from moving side to side. So the labrum is also a stabilizing structure, more of a static stabilizer, so with that being said, when you bring somebody into the apprehension sign and they've had a tear or um, some stretching of that anterior capsule, they're going to have this sense of apprehension, right? That's why they name it that. Um, they're going to reach right over and grab for you uh, because they feel like it's going to pop out. But what if you do that and all they say is they have pain, but it doesn't feel unstable, then the next thing you should do is you should follow that up with the relocation test. And so what you do is you push the humeral head posteriorly, basically moving the humeral head away from the anterior labrum and continue to externally rotate them. And they might say, wow, that feels great. Okay. And then what you do is you do the shoulder release test. You let go of that humeral head and they'll say, ah, that hurts again, but it doesn't feel unstable then you need to be somewhat suspicious that there may be a labral injury here going on. Um, I find this quite often, especially when I'm suspicious of a labral tear, uh, I will do the O'Brien sign, I'll do the crank test, and if those are positive, I will do the apprehension sign and relocation test. If I do that, and that pain level goes away when I do the relocation test, I have to then be somewhat suspicious of a labral injury. So I want you to think about that when you are doing the apprehension sign, the, the relocation test, or the shoulder release test, that just because they are not feeling apprehensive doesn't mean you can't utilize that particular test or position to identify something else, all right? So... I hope that helped you kind of think outside of the box when assessing the shoulder. I really want you to think about that. Think of your the joint that you're working on three-dimensionally. Think about what it would look like inside the joint when you're moving it in these different directions. Uh, that is very important. Uh, the other thing I want you to do is I want you to go over to my YouTube channel. Check out all of our shoulder exams uh, on YouTube. We have some of the exams being done on people who don't have shoulder dysfunction, but we have a lot of them on actual patients with actual injuries. As a matter of fact, I just put one up recently. It was a massive rotator cuff tear. I'm talking about an impressively massive rotator cuff tear. Um, and I do a little talk about what that is, what we're going to do about it, how we're going to help this person. And, um, you know, we can't obviously cure a lot of these things uh, or some of them, but we can certainly send people in the right direction. That's what I like to help you do is uh, not just treat people, but help to manage them. So, and the other thing, don't forget, if you're listening to this before February 15, 2024, and you are going to CSM Boston, um, be sure to stop by and visit Dr. Susie Lachowski and myself at booth 9080. Uh, we would be more than happy to chit-chat with you about everything BFR, strength and conditioning. Uh, we'll talk about orthopedics. Whatever questions you have, I'd be more than happy to try to answer those for you. I would just love to meet you anyway, and thank you for being such a great listener. Um, with that being said, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com.